Hey, everybody, welcome to the... <laughs> I'm laughing because I told him I was going to give him a countdown and I accidentally clicked the record button. <laughs> I said three, click. Um, <laughs> everybody, welcome to the Doing the Thing podcast. And this is a particularly exciting um, conversation uh, today because we have the honor of Diana Corbin joining us. Um, and I've worked with Diana across two different industries and three different companies. And her background and story is just so cool that I've been nagging her like, come on, Diana, you got to come on the show. You got to share your experience with everybody. And we finally got her. So um, first of all, I'll say hello to Jason. How's it going, brother? It's going good, man. <laughs> Sunny days here in Albuquerque. Nice, nice. Well, rainy days here in Youngstown, Ohio. <laughs> um, and, you know, Diana, rather than me going into a big introduction, tell the audience a little, about, a little bit about who you are, what you do, and your background. Um, well, I, I work for a production music company out of Los Angeles, um, but I've been in this uh, industry of licensing uh, production music for over 20 years now, and it's, I love what I do. It's a great creative, fun industry, and I get to interact with, with my clients. Um, I'm a director of sales for the Brazilian market, and I pretty much cover all broadcast, uh, post and production, ad agencies. So we license our original production music um, to producers who are creating commercials, television shows, uh, feature films, or podcasts or YouTube videos. So um, we license our music to everyone in the production industry. Yeah, very cool. And, you know, um, <clears throat> as all of you that listen to our show know, we're usually talking about entrepreneurial mindset and we're usually encouraging uh, our listeners to, hey, learn about your possibilities in entrepreneurship. But the reality is what we really mean to say is be happy and fulfilled in your career. Choose something in your life that accomplishes your income, lifestyle, wealth, and equity goals. And if you're getting that in corporate America, amen, fantastic. Keep rocking that world, right? If you're not, there are options out there for you. But we invited Diana on the show because she has such a cool story about from a very young age how she decided what she wanted to do, where she wanted to do it. And then went out and achieved that dream and has done something that many, many people would be envious of um, in terms of career moves. So we're going to explore that in some great detail. And, you know, Diana, let's start with this. Um, you're in, I think, high school and you make a few decisions about something that you want to try in your life that changes the entire course of your life. So tell us about right. that. Well, actually, um, in elementary school, I had always wanted to learn Spanish, okay? And I always wanted to travel to Latin America, mostly South America and Brazil. And um, I had the opportunity to create, I guess you could say a book report, okay? And uh, anyway, I wrote it down. This is something I wanted to accomplish in my life. Um, and then, you know, later in the years when I um, was in high school, I had the opportunity to become, to apply to become a foreign exchange uh, student. 
in the AFS program. It's called American Field Service, and it's all volunteer. Uh, families take you in, and you uh, spend anywhere from three months to a year with them. It depends on if it's an annual or just a summer program. And I just, I was just like, oh, I went home. I said, dad, can I do this, please? This would be like awesome. And he's like, yeah, go for it. I'll support you. Absolutely. And so it took a year to be accepted because they put you through all kinds of different um, exams, written uh, interviews. Uh, they put you, you know, around people so they can see if you will adapt to all kinds of different situations. So anyway, I was chosen and I got to go to Brasilia, Brazil and live with a wonderful family that had similar background to my own. And it all started there when I was 17 years old. Wow. So was that your first time traveling overseas? Um, it was, I mean, you know, I've been to uh, Baja California because I live in San Diego. So we used to go there a lot for lunch and stuff like that. But yes, absolutely. I was 17. It was my first time out of the country by myself. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I, I joined the military at a very young age. And one of the first things they did to me was send me overseas. And, and that was, uh, you know, 18 years old. That was, that was a big shock to me because I grew up in Montana. Didn't really mm -hmm. ever go anywhere else been around the continent of the united states obviously but never really anywhere else and i can only imagine you know not only going overseas but going overseas without a support system like the military or something like that that had to have been quite a shock <laughs> <laughs> it was it was quite a shock but uh i i had a blast i mean i i have to say the hardest thing was learning portuguese I had already, I already spoke uh, Spanish because I was studying it in um, high school. And, you know, I live in Southern California. So I always have had the opportunity to speak Spanish, but Portuguese, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> so um, I did, I studied hard and I asked the exchange program if I could take some Portuguese classes in the evening and you know, they allowed it and this and that. And um, I learned Portuguese in three months. Oh. I, I would go to bed with headaches because I was, you know, focusing and thinking so hard, but uh, not very many people spoke um, English. I mean, this was back in 1978. So, you know, it wasn't a huge international community down there. You know, um... So I want to touch on a couple things, and then I want to ask my next question. Uh, the first thing I want to touch on is the power of knowing what you want and putting it in writing, right? So Diana's young, and she puts something in writing, and then she gets to be 16 years old and probably found that little diary that she I wrote herself did. and report, right? It's like, I, I want to do this. I, I couldn't believe it, you know? And there was a lot of artwork involved in this book report, and it was a, I had to, like, do a... a essay on all the different countries in South America. And I had forgotten everything that I had written, of course, and I went back to it and I'm like, 
oh my God, I actually put in writing that I wanted to live in Brasilia, Brazil because it was a brand new city and it, I, you know, and I just couldn't believe it because it was I a brand want new $10 million. <laughs> <laughs> it was a dream come true. Wow. Jason just wrote down, I want $10 million, by the way. <laughs> I do too. I want $10 million too. So, you know, Diana, you go and you have that experience and that could have been where it ended. Um, and by the way, you know, when you hear about some of the broadcasters and companies Diana works with in Brazil and some of the experiences in that culture, um, it will amaze you. But we're still back in the origin story, if you will. So you go to Brazil, you fall in love with Brasilia, and it could have ended there, but you made a decision. You're like, I want to find a way to keep going back, right? So Absolutely. what did that look like? Didn't you do some entrepreneurial things to be able to do that? I did, actually. It was a hobby. Um, no, when I came back, I mean, I'm like, wow, I need to find a way to be able to always go back to Brazil and get paid for it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, I finished uh, high school. I think I was four months when I was done. And um, I started working part time so that I could go to college and, and studying. Um, I took Spanish and Portuguese and business classes and all, all kinds of different, you know, things to, to learn more about the international market. And um, I, I had this fascination with uh, gemstones and crystals, uh, which I, I learned about in Brazil because they're, it's so rich in natural resources and gemstones and, you know, fascinating. So um, I started my own little side business of going to Brazil, buying stones that were already cut and then bringing them home and, and selling them. And um, that would pay for my trips back. Um, I would be able to spend like, you know, a month in Brazil uh, just by, you know, selling all these gemstones in the, in the United States. I even sold some to some jewelers um, but mostly friends, family, and their friends and family um, at reasonable rates. But uh, so I did that for, gosh, I don't know, several years. That's a, so genius, business. Huh? That's a genius business model. Bringing the things from a country that you love, from a place that you love, so that you can continue to go back. <laughs> what place that you love. <laughs> to the place that you love. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Um, so then, you know, I was in college and it took me quite a while to get through college because I had to work and I had to pay for everything. So my, my parents, you know, weren't able to put me through school. So I worked and, um, sold gemstones and I worked in, I worked in, uh, the grocery industry. Okay. Learned retail and customer service. And then I decided, okay, I'm going for this particular degree so that I can work in international business. I need to get some outside sales experience. So I did, I found a job. Um, that's where I met Phil actually, we, working for a, a very large food service uh, company. And I learned outside sales. It was a paid education. <laughs> it, was it was a, a 
six day a week paid education. Yes, yes, but um, it, it was, it was good. It was something that I needed to continue to achieve my goals. And I finally, um, you know, made it through university, got my degree and everything. And uh, I was working in food service and I decided that that was not my future. So I did that for about three and a half years and I decided, you know what, I need to use my education, my experience, everything. Now. I'm going to stop you right there, Diana, because <clears throat> I got to tell the story. Okay. So at the time I was Diana's manager and Diana had just won like the quarterly top salesperson of the company award. Like she just got this big award and recognition. And then shortly thereafter, I want to say it was about a week after, um, she calls me and says, hey, can I buy you? Was, I don't remember if it was breakfast or lunch. It was um, breakfast. At Jenny's. It was breakfast. Yeah. Can <laughs> I buy you breakfast? And I'm thinking like, you know, we're gonna have a business meeting because she's on the top of her game and blah, blah, blah. And that's when she said to me, I wanted to thank you for the opportunity and the company for the opportunity but I have found a job to use my language skills and all of my education in international business. And I'm giving you my notice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so I did. And you awesome. know, the way I, the way I found this job was just like, it was just meant for me. I mean, I never look at the, the sun. We don't do that anymore. We don't look at the Sunday want ads. Right. Uh, <laughs> but what do you uh, those? Yeah, I mean, what are those? Now it's Indeed's a recruiter. But anyway, I was looking through the newspaper in the sales column. And in that very first column was uh, a production music company in San Diego looking for someone with indoor, outdoor sales experience that spoke Spanish and Portuguese. Wow. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I went for the interview and I got hired. And I worked there for about, gosh, a little over eight years. And we were bought out by another company. So it was time to move on. And <laughs> I've been working for my, my current company um, for 17 years. Wow. Almost 17 years. It'll be 17 years in August. I absolutely love it. Um, I opened up the Brazilian um, market territory for both these companies. And um, it's, you know, it's just completely changed my entire life. What are some of the most exciting things that you get to do with like pre and post COVID? Uh, when, I, when I'm in Brazil, you mean? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I have the opportunity to meet the most amazing producers, uh, television networks, radio networks, um, top ad agencies. I get to meet all of the producers and, and help them, you know, with my, with my service. Um, and a lot of the uh, people that I've met down there, a lot of them have become friends, um, not just a client, but we've also have friendships. And to me, you know, that that's it. I mean, yeah. That's success to me. It's not all about money. If, you know, and uh, um, full disclosure, um, I worked with Diana in the early portions of her developing Brazil. I 
think they're the Brazil market. I think I had the honor of traveling to Brazil, I don't know, 16 or 18 times with Brazil, uh, with Diana. Um, and we had, as you can imagine, some fun. Um, so Diana, talk to our audience about, I experienced such a different way of going to market and doing business in Brazil than certainly in the United States. Talk to us a little bit about the differences. Um, the, yeah, the cultures, they're similar, but yet they're not, especially in doing business. Um, I had found that in the United States, business is, is very direct uh, to the point. Uh, you think? Tell me, show me the benefits and how much, okay? And in Brazil, um, it's all about the relationship. Um, you don't even start talking money in, in your first meeting. Um, and it's just basically trying to get to know each other. I mean, you will walk into an other company business or TV station and the first thing they do is offer you coffee um, or water you know they show you where the restroom is they're very very polite and then we sit down and we just get to know each other you know how do you know Portuguese uh, and we just we have personal conversations um, and then we just start talking about each other's businesses you know, and I'm a salesperson, so I ask a lot of questions and try to get, you know, as much information from them so I know how to help their business. And I have clients that I have had for over 20 years. Um, I had, when I left one company and went to the next, um, some of those clients seeked me out to find me. Where are you? I need production music. <laughs> that company's no longer in business, you know? So um, relationship building and um, absolutely. I'll, I'll never forget. And I want to say it was Hedgy Globo, um, which for those of you who don't know, Hedgy Globo is the largest um, broadcaster in Brazil number one broadcaster in Brazil. I want to say it was them. In the early phases of getting to know them be, before we began doing business together, mm -hmm. we went to, and I'm not exaggerating, a six-hour lunch <laughs> with their executives, a six-hour lunch at the most phenomenal churrascaria I think I've ever been to. Well, that was Porcao, I think, Diana, right? Yeah, that was Porcao Hughes, right? Um, that's how you do business in, in Brazil. Um, I think you know, Americans should learn how to network because we're doing it wrong, obviously. And <laughs> these power lunches and power coffees and everything like that, that last 30 minutes doesn't do it justice, does not build a relationship that way. I think, um, I think that's something we've, we probably used to have culturally, but it was kind of gotten lost because of technology. I think uh, a lot of well, countries overseas, they still work that way. And I don't think technology will ever change it because it's so deep within their culture. It's very important. And um, it makes all the difference in the world. Um, I, during a day in one city, I normally can't schedule more than three client visits or prospect visits because you can spend three to four hours with one company. Mm -hmm. And, um, One and company they, day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, like Phil said, I mean, 
you know, I've spent a day at a network just the whole day. And it, and, you know, they give you the tour of their facilities. They want you to meet everybody. Let's have lunch, you know, and um, they show you, they want to show you their work. It's just, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. But you know, here's the thing that I've learned having done business in Brazil and across European countries is in each of the places I've done business outside of the U.S., it is a much longer relationship building process before they give you the honor of doing business with them. And in America, as Diana said, sometimes we have these 15 minute meetings and ask for the business and then we get it right. Well, here's the problem with that. In Brazil, as an example, um, they take so much time to know you that they understand your character, your ethics, your company's ethics and character, all of those things that tell them we can make a long-term decision with this person. They want to learn those before they make those, those decisions. Conversely, in the United States, we're like, yeah, we'll give you guys a try. And then <laughs> they either perform or they don't, right? And we get these unpleasant surprises sometimes. What they're really doing, and not in a malicious way by any stretch, but they're vetting you out as, as a person and also as a company. And this is why it takes so much longer. And I, I want to say in some contracts, Diana, didn't it take years, like sometimes two, three years? Absolutely. And it still does. Um, you know, I, I could go visit um, someone, a prospect two or three times and um, probably, you know, not make a sale or license music to them. But, you know, that year four, they're like, oh my gosh, it's time. We have to call Megatrack. Call Diana. Let's do it. We're moving forward. Um, the large... Uh, TV station that Phil is talking about, Globo, took me five years to get in there. Yes, five years. Your best and, now, and now they're using our production music in, oh my gosh, so many of their national programs. And a lot of these programs are also being aired in the United States and different countries. And I mean, I have a personal direct direction to, uh, the executive producer there who is a celebrity in himself. And I call him, he picks up the phone, I send him an email, I get a response immediately. Um, so yeah, it takes a long time, but Brazilian clients are very loyal and um, you can have them for many, many years, so. How has some of this changed over the past year with, with COVID and travel restrictions and doing it through you know, Zoom and things like this? It was very hard because Brazilians, possibly Latin Americans as well, um, they're not really big into video conference or talking on the phone. They, they like to see you personally um, in their environment. Um, or an environment in a trade show or event. So in the beginning, it was very, very hard to get people to take a Zoom meeting with me, you know? They're just like, oh, Diana, you know what? Don't worry about it. Next time you're in Sao Paulo, call me. We'll set up a meeting. We'll have coffee. We'll have lunch, whatever, you know? And I'm like, no, I need to do this now. But <laughs> it didn't work that way in the beginning. And then this uh, pandemic just has been going on and on. I mean, we're in year two and, you know, people have to work. 
they have to get things done. So I have been doing more and more um, video conferences uh, this year, most definitely. Um, and one thing we wanted to make sure going into this pandemic is we need to contact everybody, make some kind of contact with them so they know that, hey, we're all in this together. We're thinking about you. If there's anything I can do to help or just simply sending them a, a WhatsApp. We use a, a WhatsApp, you know, uh, in Brazil all the time. And I talk to clients on my phone. How are you doing? How's your family? So we're just keeping in touch. Very, very important to keep in touch and keep emailing and, uh, you know, be persistent so that when hopefully we're all back to normal, um, you know, we're there to help them. Yeah, that's great that they're, they're kind of understanding what needs to happen and kind of, um, you know, adjusting just like everybody else. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, requirement of everybody for the past year, unfortunately, but it sounds like you put a lot of work into it and it's working. It is. I mean, I, you know, I, I can, 2020, I can get hardly anybody to do Zoom meetings. You know, it was so hard. But now I, I probably have five a week. <laughs> yeah, but you know what the problem with that is, Diana? The problem is that you can't have a pound de queijo. Right, and, you can't. And, <laughs> and you can't dance to samba and, and go to a samba school and you can't go exactly. to carnival on a Zoom meeting. We're all wait we're all waiting to get back at it. Oh, there's but gonna I be will a tell you, I had a couple happy hours. Okay. I did a couple Zoom happy hours and invited clients and I said, invite your friends or whatever that are in the industry. I said, this isn't a sales presentation. Let's just get together and have fun and, and exchange notes. You know, how are we surviving during these difficult times? And so we had a couple, they were successful and they were a lot of fun. Um, so we do that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not well, the same, but they are fun. And Diana, how, um, I know Brazil has had a difficult time as has the United States. How, you mentioned that maybe next year you're feeling like it might be travel might begin again. How are your friends and clients doing right now? Um, well, they're all waiting to be vaccinated. Um, now I was vaccinated what three or four weeks ago. I got my second dose, so it, it, it's faster here. We have we have more uh, vaccinations to give out in Brazil. They've had some tough times getting vaccines into the country, but they're starting that process now. I think it's 60 and above. Mm. Um, yeah, if they have enough. So um, they plan to be totally vaccinated. They say August, but I don't think so. I think it's gonna take the rest of the year um, I'm not really planning on going back to Brazil until maybe April or May of next year, just yeah. to play it safe. Because, you know, for myself as well, there's a different strain down there. 
So um, it's been real challenging for them, very challenging. Uh, well, thoughts, prayers, and heart goes out to those in Brazil. We certainly went through, you know, our peak of the epidemic. I think we as a country are coming to the other side of it, and they're still in that process of fighting their way back. So certainly we wish our Brazilian brothers and sisters the best uh, through all of that, because we all want to come down and see our friends in Brazil. Yes. Yes. I miss Rio de Janeiro just yeah. so much. It is. It, it's such a, a special city. Um, it's the natural beauty is just incredible. And, and not just Rio de Janeiro, but Brazilians in general, they're very happy. They're very positive. Um, and, you know, tomorrow's another day. It, it'll get better. Yeah, I'll never forget. Um, you know, look, our country has had its... Uh, you know, situations, let's just call it that, political and otherwise. And Brazil has had theirs. And, you know, I was down in Brazil, I'm like, um, you know, Americans just being a, a generalist here are far more stressed than Brazilians. Actually, I'm just gonna come out and say it, it's a fact. <laughs> they appear far more stressed than Brazilians. And I had to ask, you know, when I was at a happy hour or something, I'm like, how come you guys are so happy? And they're like, why, did, why not be happy? stuff's going to happen, you know, stuff's going to happen. Things are going to go bad. There's going to be corrupt this and this and that and the other thing. Why not just live life and enjoy ourselves? And in fact, we can learn something from the Brazilian culture about that here in the U.S. Definitely. Absolutely. Sorry for my dogs in the background. <laughs> uh, I'm going to close my door real quick. <laughs> Uh, the wonders of working from home. Yeah, so while we were having this conversation, I was kind of thinking of a term that I've thrown out there in the past. And, you know, not everybody is an entrepreneur, right? I mean, that's not necessarily something that is that everybody is wired for, mm -hmm. though it is something that you can certainly explore. But entrepreneurship is something that we've talked about before in the past. And that's you know, being employed, being in a position where you can actually enact change and act actually autonomously within an organization. And Diana, that's kind of something that I view where you're at right now is, mm -hmm. you know, that super intrapreneur, you know, it sounds like you're doing a lot of really cool things and you have that autonomy to do it. Um, yes, fortunately, I, I work for a, a great company and they, they allow me a lot of independence. Um, I opened up an office uh, down in Brazil. So we have a satellite office in Rio de Janeiro. And uh, the Brazilian partner, um, you have to do business in Brazil. If your company is not in that country, then you need to be affiliated with um, a Brazilian native. So we've done that and uh, we've been able to accomplish a lot. Um, we can bill in Brazil. We can receive payment in Brazil in Brazilian reais. So we no longer work in, in US dollars, which has definitely helped yeah. uh, um, the company because of economics, obviously. Well, 
And Diana, you were the driver of that initiative. And when we work together, just so those of you who may not be familiar, sometimes the currency um, conversion would go from 2.5 to 4.25. And for Brazilian companies, this means their costs nearly double. And being able to accept currency in the country allows that issue to be resolved, right? It's huge. It has really helped. It's kept us going. Um, yeah, exactly. In fact, I, I don't think I, I create any more American contracts. They're all Brazilian contracts, uh, invoicing, uh, we pay taxes. I mean, you know, we have a business down there. We're a partner. Congratulations. So what's next? For me? Oh, gosh. I need to get back to Brazil ASAP. I miss everything about it, not just, of course, my clients and, and the culture, but, oh, my gosh, the food is amazing. <laughs> Hot hey, what's food. that chicken soup, canja? Oh, yeah, canja brasileira, which uh. is... Uh, Kind of like a chicken, vegetable, and rice soup. <laughs> but there, there's so many um, fun things about Brazil. The beaches are beautiful. The the history, the museums. Um, the beaches. The beaches. <laughs> and, and also the beaches. Yeah. And the sightseeing. Oh, my gosh. Christ the Redeemer. Beautiful. Sugarloaf Mountain, yeah. Sugarloaf Mountain, exactly. The Samba Clubs, the Samba Clubs. Mm. <sighs> yeah. Bill and I, um, we were down in Brazil working uh, during Carnival one year. And uh, I'm sure everybody knows now what Carnival is. It's a type of Mardi Gras. It's the biggest party in the world. And uh, we were invited to go to a Samba school. And the Samba school was called Mangueira, okay? Very, very popular in Rio de Janeiro. And we got to go to um, a practice. They were practicing, you know, to be able to participate in the, the carnival parade in, in Rio de Janeiro. Oh my gosh, boy, was that, that was like a lifetime uh, event for us. I mean, it just, uh, big party, but the musicians in all different areas of this big building, uh, playing and practicing and... Um, and So, yeah, let me paint a visual for everybody. So imagine that there's an open floor area where maybe a hundred people are there, like they have some beers and some food and stuff like that, right? So they're all down here. Imagine that there's a singer with a microphone and also who has a whistle and then up here is like a hundred drummers and they say their thing and they say their things and they go and then hundred drummers at one time. Oh my God. It was off the hook. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. And um, not everybody, you know, gets to experience that. Um, not even as a tourist. <laughs> so. Amazing. Yeah, well, this has been exhilarating. I'm a little bit sad I'm missing Brazil, but this has been exhilarating. Um, Diana, thank you so much for taking time to be on our podcast. For all of you listening, 
I hope you enjoyed the story. I hope it reminds you the fact that it's okay to dream. It's important to write it down. And then by God, go chase it. Well, you guys, thank you for the opportunity. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, I wish you guys the best of luck. Thank you so much. It was great meeting you, Diana. <laughs> thank you. All right, everybody, be well. Look for us next week and tell your friends and share. Okay. I can share. I can share. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks, Steve.